Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James, and I'm joined by multiple gold medalist winning athlete swimmer, Grant Hackett. Grant, thanks for joining me. Uh, no problem. Now, I tried to look online. How many like Olympic golds did you win? I won three Olympic gold medals. Yeah, yeah. so good. And there was like all these other medals from different events and World Series and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Olympics was probably, I mean, I'm going to be hard on myself here, but it was probably my worst performing meet. And they actually dropped one of my main pet races, which was the 800-meter freestyle, which is included now in the Olympic Games. It yeah. would have been a great opportunity to, to get more gold. But yeah, World Championships and Pampax, Commonwealth Games and... Mm. Um, all those other sort of four other major meets that we have mm. were, yeah, particularly good for me. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to um, talk about, I guess, mindset in this express chat. Just to set the scene, how old were you when you hit the drink to start with? Um, and by I, that, I mean the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, I was. So you started late? Uh, no, four. I was four, four years sorry. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, when I actually. <laughs> Have a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, when I when I was four four years old. So, yeah. um, and the only reason I did it is because my brother got beaten by two girls in a surf race, um, and he was he was ten years old and he yeah. wanted to do swimming lessons on the back of that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we'd never swum as a family. My mum and dad were more traditional mammals that would stay on land, yeah. and uh, they liked running, football, tennis. Mum in particular, and so swimming was a new concept to the family. And I, I pursued um, that because my brother did. I was just swimming in the public mm. lane at age four, and. I'm a pretty relaxed sort of person, but I'm highly, highly competitive. Yeah. And, um, and swimming was an opportunity to, uh, yeah, challenge that a bit. Yeah. So, we're going to uh, just read some questions from people in the Facebook group. Um, sure. So, Danielle says, how did you find the motivation to keep such training discipline for so long? It's, it's really funny because there's this whole confusion um, around motivation that – I finally have understood. Um, I didn't realize it when I was swimming, but people think motivation comes first and then action comes after, where it's actually not the case. Action actually produces motivation. So if you can get off your backside and do that initial training session um, or get up early enough to you know, get down there and give yourself a, a you know, chance of going to the gym, I did that. And as I grew within the sport, as I improved my times, it, it gave me so much reward and internal satisfaction that that got me to the next gate. Because if I said at age four, I want to win an Olympic gold medal, it would have felt so unattainable mm. and so far out and so mm. unrealistic. And I didn't even know what the Olympics obviously were back then. Yeah. So. Um, but as you grow over time, all of a sudden you get to this point, you went, wow, I can actually get to a really high level here. I'm, I'm willing to work hard enough. I'm willing. And so it's all digestible bits and motivation is produced off results. And the time where your motivation or will more than anything else is tested is when things are going bad and you have a period or a flat spot or your plateau. Um, and they're the ones that you have to really dig deep within your character to be able to show up every single day and, and eventually um, make that shift forward. And I think 
that's where purpose and meaning really comes in. And and to me, winning an Olympic gold medal or a world championship or breaking a world record was just so meaningful that through those you know difficult periods or flat spots in the wheel or those plateaus, I actually um, found the motivation and found the. I guess persistence, you know, within me to continue to train and perform um, because the purpose and the meaning to me at a personal level was mm. so great. Now, not everyone has that, but you've got to find what is the outcome that is really meaningful to you. Like, it's someone who plays guitar six hours a day wants to be in a rock band, but I bet you there's someone who's playing twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, their meaning is stronger. Totally. And uh, Grant's the CEO of Generation Life. And we've just done a, a full hour episode about investment bonds and investing and tax and estate planning and investing for kids and all that. So <laughs> we covered off a lot, actually. <laughs> we, we covered a lot of ground. So if you want to go over there and listen to, you know, work grant, uh, <laughs> you, can, um, you can go deep in that. But I guess I, I want to say that as well, because these principles that you've talked about, you know, discipline, focus and all that stuff, it's not just if you want to be a an elite swimmer it's if you want to be an investor for the long term if you want to build a career for the long term how, how do you kind of draw those parallels between the pool and life it's really funny because the the underlying principles for any type of success are exactly the same it doesn't matter what field you're in it doesn't matter if you're an athlete a politician a businessman um, if you apply those principles you'll generally get the best outcome for yourself um you know, first and foremost, uh, I'm a big believer in goal setting and having a clear definition of what just, you know, success looks like, but failure looks like as well. You, you have to feel failure. Failure is a, you know, significant emotional discomfort that mm. you need to feel because sometimes that can act as motivation as well, uh, particularly for the right type of individual. The wrong type of individual, they'll give up. But giving up is, is not usually an option for someone that's found their purpose or meaning. And the second part to me is purpose or meaning. Do you like what you do? Do you mm. enjoy what you do? People have to understand that, Sometimes through that journey or a lot of the time through that journey, there is constant discomfort. Like you, you, when people say, I haven't found my calling, I haven't found this because I don't pop out of bed and want to do it every day. No profession ever feels like that. There are days that are very hard, very sluggish, very challenging. A lot of things that you have to overcome. There are tasks that you don't want to do, but they're all conducive to the outcome that you're looking for, for the goal that you're trying to achieve. And if your purpose and meaning is so strong, then they will drive you through those those difficult, challenging times. Mm. The third component that I, I really like that um, I believe I brought across from swimming that I think is fundamentally important is commitment. So you, you, it sounds like a very simple, fast word to say, commitment, <laughs> but yeah. it is actually very meaningful when applied properly. To it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you're either in or you're out. Mm. So understand what preparation looks like, what commitment actually looks like at its deepest level for whatever it is you're trying to achieve and you're trying to deliver as an outcome. So a lot of those principles I've brought into business, but what's really funny is I actually talk about it with my leadership team all the time. I actually make sure that our scorecards, that our business strategy all reflect this across each of the business units. And I very much drive that high performance culture, but another part that I actually really like to drive with it is enjoyment. I, mm. I think having lightness through your day is really, really important when you're driving a high performance culture because it can be intense. The goals are big and the ambitions are big. So you need to have fun with your colleagues. You need to have fun within the work environment and um, you need to enjoy what, what you do at the same time. Yeah. Oscar asks, and you know, I didn't put anyone's name when I said uh, the person I was interviewing. He says, what does re your relationship to self look like? And I think it's interesting because you know, we've all got a history, we've all got a past. You know, if it was 1902, 
you, we could probably get away with a lot more and kind of, yeah, I'm a new person now. But when people know you passed, yeah. you know, the wheels fell off, you would say, probably leaving the pool and getting normalised back into society. Yeah. But what does your relationship with yourself look like now and what do you think it was in the pool and in that transition? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, a very public one for me, mm. which which hasn't always been positive. It's it's quite funny, through my teens when I you know, first became world champion at 16 and, and you know, won Olympics soon, soon after, um, and through my 20s, everything was easy. Like, it actually felt easy. It mm. felt hard at the time. I thought it was really hard until yeah. I went through an actual um, hard and challenging period through life. And then I transitioned quite well after swimming. It was really the the, the breakdown of marriage and missing my children and all the stuff that came along with that, um, that I didn't have that personal growth, to be honest. And I think because I was so blinkered and focused in the pool, I didn't go through a normal journey. I was, I was world champion at high school. You mm. know, every I was training at, you know, quarter to five in the morning I was up and I was training and then I was training straight after school and I, I was still studying at university even when I was you know swimming so I, I continually was on task and, and I don't think I went through those various I don't know adolescent periods or growth periods or maturity periods and I didn't really have those life skills I, I was really skilled at a couple of things but outside of that I, I didn't have that learning and to, to Oscar's question you know relationship with self I I probably thought I had a good handle on that but that was probably ego talking versus reality and then when I went through I guess that that down period in my life where you know you're under severe emotional distress you're making decisions that you know don't align with your, your value set um, mm. and you don't know why like mm. you're just sort of confused and tripping over yourself a little bit when I, I sat back and, and kind of got through a lot of that and it was really, really tough um, and, and, you know, you're not always proud of who you are through that period because you're just not making decisions with clarity um, or, or your own value set. And I thought, I've actually got to understand myself better. I've actually got to connect with myself a lot better. And, and I, so I went on that personal growth journey and I worked with people and, and to be honest, I actually learnt more about myself through that period and because I was so determined to understand what went wrong, what do I need to improve, what are my blind spots, where are my weaknesses, how do I actually create strengths out of those weaknesses, how do, be, how do I become more vulnerable because that's what I lacked more than anything else was this ability to be vulnerable, to actually talk to people when I was feeling that per personal challenge and that emotional distress. I was hopeless at that. I believed and I think because I was a young athlete from such a young age that whenever you're going through a tough time, you push through that adversity and you overcome it. And that's what I was taught to do. It's like a gladiator mindset. Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter if someone pulls out their sword, you pull out your sword, you challenge yourself. It doesn't matter how hard you get hit, you keep going and you overcome that adversity. That doesn't work in, in real life, in your own personal life. It, it, that mentality, that white knuckling and pushing through, if you're not managing your emotions, then they'll come back to haunt you 10 times mm. as bad. And, and I, I didn't understand any of that. And so... I think for me, going through that and being committed to my own personal growth and learning about that has put me in a much better position today. I, mm. I'm a better leader for it. Mm. But most of all, I'm a better dad. I'm a better partner. I understand. I'm a better relationship to myself. Mm. Um, I find it easier to fall asleep at night, you know, because I, I understand who I am, what makes me tick, what I like, what I don't like, when I should say no, when I should say yes. Like all the decision making in your life that this feeds into is, is so important. And, uh, took a while to get there yeah and because you, you talk about the emotional side and I've been quite public with my audience about my mental health and all that stuff yeah. and I got on top of it but I didn't have this emotion of in public embarrassment yeah 
so to come through, like it's just staggering, isn't it? Like it's the the best way to put that is like when you're talking normally, right? And how many people can hear you? Then all mm. of a sudden, someone mics you up, and then the whole audience hears you. Mm. And so the emotional distress just becomes magnified, like the way that was amplified your voice. Yeah, and and it and it just becomes so much more complex to to manage because then you're managing this perception that you it's impossible to manage that's what i had to let go of after a while i was like no 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 they don't know the real me you know this is like i've had a bad night yeah (laughs) things have gone wrong but but you don't appreciate who i am more holistically as a person and i actually had to let go of that Mm. notion that i could control it because you really can't and i just thought well you know you judge by your actions moving forward and your own value set and and once i got back to my really you know my own personal value set and and lived by that 100 percent um Mm. You know, it's amazing how everything in your life starts to really fall into place um, around you. And, and you're right. Like I wasn't good at managing my own mental health and knowing my own vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And now I do that so much better. I take a break when I need to yeah. and do all those little things that I, I would have ignored before. Yeah. Uh, Denise says, once you've reached the ultimate goal, then what? It's really funny. You know, a good, good friend of mine is Michael Phelps. And, uh, and I always wonder that about him. Like, how did he keep the motivation to keep doing more, particularly after he won eight Olympic gold medals in Beijing? Once you hit the peak, it's really funny. You find another mountain to climb. And whether the, the relevance of that mountain feels as high as the other one, it's actually not about that. You know, people say, always say, oh, it's the, the journey, not the destination. Mm. It's such a cliche, but it is so true. It is so true. Everything I look back in my, in my history is about the adversity of the climb, mm. um, the challenge of the climb. Um, and that's what you talk about. People see the Olympic gold medal, the outcome, and they might refer to that. But then it's like, hey, what about the story? And the story and the learnings and the growth and the challenges along the way is really where the development is the individual. And, you, mm. and you've got to learn to enjoy all those um, small aspects. So, yeah, once you, you hit the top of that mountain, come back down, have a rest and then find a new one. With investing, you know, I'm sure you've read Atomic Habits by... Um, I, haven't, I haven't read that you one, haven't? no. You probably don't need to. You're an elite athlete. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, so James Clear, he talks about like, don't decide to become a marathon winner just to decide to be a runner yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's probably the same with our investing, right? Like, sure, it's nice to have this goal of, I want to get to 300 grand or five grand or 10 grand or whatever that is. But, you know, once you get to that goal, it's not as if we're now just going to blow all our money on Gucci handbags and belts. Correct. So I don't know. Some people might. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll have some. <laughs> but when you've, when you've worked for it and done it yourself, it's, it's really, really funny. Um, my son... He, he got, you know, $50 as part of his Christmas presents. And then he spent that so easy. And then I gave him the opportunity. I forget what the task was, was to earn $50 because he really wanted to buy, a, I think it was LED lights or mm. something like that. Anyway, um, I made him do a few tasks and it was, it was quite hard work, all the things that he had to do. And, you know, true to his word and as was I, and he did the tasks and I paid him the money. And I said, oh, do you want to go buy those, those lights? And he goes, I'm not sure I really want them now. I think I want to save it. And it's really funny. The most important part of any journey is doing it yourself. So then you appreciate it and you have the gratitude for it. So Mm. you won't go out and probably spend it on all that sort of stuff. And the thing is, um, investing like anything in life is 
okay, we've all got the big goal, but then break it down to digestible bits because otherwise it feels completely insurmountable and you'll keep delaying the start of that because you'll think, oh, I'll just wait for that big windfall of money. Yeah. So at least I have a head start. It's like, no, you're not going to start with any tailwinds. It's going to be really tough at first and it's going to it's gonna look pretty average, but you know what? You've mm. started. And that is the biggest thing to, to anything, whether it's running, whether it's swimming, whether it's you know trying to, to be successful at something, you've got to take the first step. And mm. the first step leads to the next step and so on and so on and so on. And then over time, it's amazing what, what can be achieved. Yeah. The first time we did My Millennial Money podcast, the, the first, I think, day we had 200 people listen which was huge yeah. like because yeah. the average is 120 listeners an episode but, but but how much did you question yourself before I should I do it shouldn't I do it am I going to be any good am I not Every, everybody does it yeah. I, I do it you know mm. like when, when you're setting yourself a new challenge you constantly question yourself the best thing is to simplify and just go you know what I'm just going to have mm. a crack I'm going to see where it takes me okay we did that wow we got 200 people yeah now there's thousands of people listening you know and it's, it's amazing how things can grow over time yeah we might leave it there. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but one final word on mindset. What yep. would you tell our listeners? Mindset. Because it's uh, such a popular bloody topic. It is. It is. For me, mindset, there's a couple of key things. The first and foremost is clarity. You have to have clarity. That's the most important part of your mindset. You need to have a plan and that plan needs to lead to a goal. Mm. Um, so for, for me, my mindset falls into place once I have clarity on my goals on my processes and what's required. Um, and then kind of everything off the, the back of that has to feed into that. So every action that I take, so this is, I, I touched on this quickly, what to say yes to, what to say no to. I know that I have real clarity around my goals when I'm saying no to the right things mm. that distract me from my goals because it's very easy to get distracted from what, you want, what you're doing. So clarity becomes so important around your goals and your processes because it allows your decision-making process to be so much easier. Um, and I know that's kind of a, a complex thing that I've tried to probably overlay on mindset. But for mm. me, clarity and mindset is absolutely key for me achieving my outcomes, feeling a strong sense of purpose, and actually delivers me day-to-day happiness. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Grant Hackett, thank you so much for having a chat to us. And remember, jump over to My Millennial Money and have a listen to the hour-long chat about investing in bonds. And yeah, thank you so much. No worries. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.